The scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I am him, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask for, the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. The words of God, for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, friends, it's my joy uh, to introduce to you Albert Williams. Albert is the director of our Wesley Foundation, your Wesley Foundation, here at Georgia Southern University. He's a member of our church and a good friend, and I am thankful for his willingness to step in when I am uh, tired and may not have any words left. So um, I am thankful that he's kicking off our new sermon series called Love Song. Uh, Albert, welcome. Thank you, Jonathan, and uh, it's a pleasure to, to be here with you all this morning. Um, I'm super thankful that uh, I can serve over at the, the Wesley Foundation, being your missionary to campus and doing all that we do with college students from staying up late on a Wednesday night. My wife is going, it's midnight 30. Why are you just now getting home? Or when it's uh, going and being in uh, degrees that are way younger than myself on a, a trip this past spring just a couple weeks ago. So I'm super excited to, to share with you all this morning and being able to, to speak with you all. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you for uh, just this time, Lord, to, to be in this space, 
Lord, I just pray for each and every person here and those that are viewing online, those that will watch this later. Lord, I pray that each and every one of them know that they are loved by you, that you call them the beloved. Lord Jesus, be with us all, not only in this space, but as we go out in the Holy Spirit, allow us to know that you are with us. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart are pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And all God's children said, amen. So today uh, I have the, the privilege and the honor to start off this love song series. Uh, and Jonathan came to me a couple of weeks ago and I was like, hey, man, what do you want me to talk about? And like, you want me to just pull something out of my pocket? Like, what are we doing here? Uh, and he goes, no, 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 we got a sermon series. And I was like, oh, great. And he goes, and you get started. I was like, good, because if I got to go after Jonathan, I'm just saying I don't, I don't want that. But so I was really excited and, and we were kind of just going through, you know, songs uh, that were going to be a part of this series. And there's this song called Blank Space. And if you're a, a Taylor Swift fan, like my wife, uh, you're probably like, Albert, don't you mess this up. Well, I hope I don't. So the, the song uh, starts off in this chorus and it goes, so it's going to be forever or it's going to go down in flames. You can tell me when it's all, when it's over if the high was worth the pain, I got a long list of ex-lovers. They'll tell you I'm insane, just on and on. Like, and then it, it skips down a little bit later, and there's this specific line that I really want to hone in on today. It says, but I've got a blank space, and she, like, clicks a pen, says, and I'll write your name. Do you have a blank space? When I look at this, I think about me and myself and is there a space in me? Is there a space in you? Is there a space in us that needs to be filled? Maybe you're coming to church and you're like, I'm here today. Maybe you're coming in and you're saying, can I just get to the next day? Or maybe you're like, my mom and dad drug me here and that's why I'm here, Albert. Either way, I'm glad you're here because I think we all can agree that there is something in us that longs for more. When I look at these lines, you know, it talks about, you know, writing on something. And so I think of like writing on a, a blank paper pad. But more importantly, I think about what God wants to, to write on our hearts. And so what is God trying to write on your heart today? What is, what is God trying to say to you when I look back at the, the scripture, and you're probably going, how do you fit all this together? I think about the, the words that Jesus tells his disciples as he's getting ready to, to go to the cross. He knows it's going to be an ugly, brutal death. They're going to look and they're going to go, what do we do now? He goes, listen to these last few words. And he, he tells them about how he is the true vine and how his father is the, the vine dresser. And that apart from him, they can bear no fruit, that they must abide in him and abide more importantly in his love. This, this word abide means to dwell within, to, to have this deeper relationship with, to do life with is how I say it to my students. How are you abiding today and how are you abiding in Jesus's love for you to fill that blank space that is in or on or all around you today? I know for me, I realize that it's, you know, not just this moment, but it's an, it's an everyday commitment. 
It is an opportunity in which I get to trust in Jesus one more day. I get to trust in Jesus once again. And instead of looking at what the world might want me to pay attention to, I can look within and see what God wants me to pay attention to. I can look within myself and see where he's trying to do the work deep inside me, not just out on the surface, because on the surface, it can look pretty. I'm not that pretty. My wife is. But the thing is, it can look a certain way. But God says, let me peer a little bit deeper. That blank space is not just on the outside of you, but it's on the inside of you. And I've got just the thing you need. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's saying, this is the very thing you need. He goes on a couple of verses later after this. He goes, the world will hate you because the world hated me. But I love you. Jesus talks about how they did not choose him, but he chose them. He chose them and appointed them. And for me, that brings me a lot of comfort. That brings me a lot of peace to know that although that I might be searching for this thing, God is searching for me. And instead of doing something on the outside that might look great, that might look cool, that might might look like the trendy thing, he goes, I got something that will remain throughout time. And that's his love. That's his grace and that's his mercy. So for me, I I really want to focus on that. It is not something I just want, but rather something I must have. For me, I could cling on to things of the world or I can abide in Christ what he offers. And through that daily recommitment, the daily in and out of going, Jesus, I'm going to trust you. Jesus, I'm going to abide in the love that you give me. Instead of looking for what will be out there, I'm going to look what you're trying to do in here. I think about Parker Palmer, if you've ever read any of his work, it's, it's really awesome. He is this, you know, this teacher, really uh, intelligent academic. And he talked about this in his book, The Courage to Teach. And he talked about how the soul is shy. Deep down inside of all of us, the soul is shy. And deeper within that, there might be a blank space where we put our grief, we put our turmoil, we put our troubles, we put our stress, we put our anxiety, and all of that makes us even more shy. We, we dig this hole deep within ourselves and we feel as though that there's no way to get out of it. And he goes, the soul is shy, and if you're going to go into the woods looking for a wounded animal, because we are broken people, We are people that need healing, just like that that wounded animal. If my dog, Charlie, if you know anything about Charlie, she's a a little crazy. uh, And she goes and she might get herself hurt. And the only way I'm going to go get a hold of Charlie is if I kindly and softly creep up and say, I'm here. I'm here to help. It's okay. Or I can go through crashing through my backyard and breaking all the limbs and going like, hey, Charlie, I'm here. And she's going to go, I'm not trusting you. So is Jesus with us. So is Jesus with me. He didn't go, hey, Albert, I'm here because I would have freaked out. I would have ran away. I would have had nothing to do with him. But instead, he slowly walked up. He let me know that he was a safe space. A a space where grace could happen. He slowly said, I'm here. Do you trust me? 
When Jesus is telling this to his disciples, he probably didn't do it by yelling at them and going, hey, you better abide. But instead, he says, abide. Trust me. I've got you. And so if we know the soul is shy and if we know that we all have this blank space inside of us and Jesus calmly and quietly and lovingly says, I love you. That's a lot more we can do with that than by looking outside where everything's loud. Everything's boisterous. It can get our attention, but it won't keep it. Jesus wants to keep our attention. He wants, to, he wants us to know that we are loved. And if I can cling to that, if I can trust in that, and if I can abide in that and God's love for me and Christ and how he went onto the cross for me, I can feel that blank space. Or better yet, he can feel that blank space for me. And so for us, we all might feel like that. We might feel like there's this void. We all might feel like we're missing something. Like there is something inside of our life that is just not right. That we just need that something. I remember being a kid on the playground, or do you remember being a kid on the playground and seeing the kid with the new shoes? They're running around. I was talking to 9 a.m. earlier, and I was talking about how the kid, you know, had green, and I, well, he had red, and I had green, and I'm like, man, I want red, because I was thinking about the red Power Ranger, and I wanted that. I wanted to have that red light-up shoe, or maybe a little bit, you know, deeper. It's the, the new backpack of the new year. Everyone's coming in, looking cool, and here you are with the old Jansport backpack backpack that your mom bought you last year and said it'll get you through elementary school and I'm like what do you mean because it's literally fifth grade and she bought it for me in fourth grade I'm like but I want the new Nike book bag or maybe or maybe it was like why didn't they write a song about me too soon got it or maybe maybe we go to social media and maybe we look at our friends the people we call our trusted ones and go why do they get to have all the good stuff? Why is it that they get to go snowboarding? Why is it that they get to go buy a boat? Why is it that they get to take a couple of weeks off and not worry about it and, you know, come back to the same amount of work that they left? Why is it so easy for them? We're looking so outside ourselves that we can't see what we really need inside ourselves. We're so fixated on what the world says is important, what the world says is relevant. But Jesus is trying to say, I'm relevant. I'm important because I love you. All those things, the snowboarding trip, the ice will melt. The boat, it might run out of gas. The other things, phones, they don't last that long. I know I have to replace mine like every 18 months. It's terrible. Apple do better. But the thing is, Jesus will last because Jesus says, I'm offering you something different. The thing that you're missing is not outside yourself, but instead it's inside yourself. And the blank space that you want to fill with all these things cannot compare to the thing, the person that is Jesus. And so for for us, the comparison is the thief of joy and we might be comparing ourselves and why we don't have what anyone else has, or we're saying, why can't my life be this way? And Jesus is saying, I'm still here all the same. I still love you. You might not have those things, but that's not why I came here. I want to give you something better. God wants us to to look with inside ourselves. Jesus points to that when he's talking to his disciples and he says, you know, the world wants to fill that space with all this other stuff. Or they're saying, 
you can't fill that space with God. But instead, Jesus teaches us there is no way to fill that space without him. I remember what it was like to, to be a college student and working like two or three jobs at a time. It was a treacherous time, uh, but I had to do it. I enjoyed every moment of it, but I always felt like I was empty. By the time I got to my senior year, I was a college student, a college athlete, working at a church, working as a cheer coach, and I was like, Lord, this ain't it. I'm tired. This is, this is, this is too much. And I felt empty. I kept filling my life with all these things and good things, might I add. I was in school trying to finish my degree. I was an athlete, part of the, the school, and really trying to show my God-gifted talent. I was a coach and trying to coach the next generation. I was working at the church, working with the youth, and it was all great and it was all good. But I was, all doing, I was doing it all just for to be seen, just to be noticed. I was filling my life with all this stuff and as Jesus teaches us, what good, what good is it to gain the world and lose your soul? Or what good is it to go at hyperspeed and warp your soul, I should add? Jesus wants to teach us and wants to point us back to him. His deep and abiding love and the truth that he will never leave us or forsake us. And so in God's upside down society, we must abide in him and trust in him and know that although it doesn't make sense, it might not make us fit in and it might not make us look relevant. But that deep space inside of us, the little spot inside our soul that's searching will be filled and it will be filled by him. And that Jesus doesn't just want to write something on our heart and instead he wants to write something in your heart. So for you, how can you abide in this love? How can you abide in Christ? How can you trust in the true vine and leave it all to the great vine dresser? How can you allow him to tend to that blank space that you have inside of you? In church, we have a responsibility. More importantly, we have an opportunity. How can our abiding how can our love, how can what Jesus taught us in two simple things, he put it all together and said, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit, and love your neighbor as yourself. How can that in our deep abiding and trusting in him, how can that now lead us to go and love the world? To tell the world that you are loved, to trust in him. Instead of looking for other things, a facade, a shiny new toy, how can, how can we show them that the one thing that they should be searching for and that is searching for them is the love of Christ. How much better would the world around us be? I want to leave you all with a story because I feel like, you know, it's, a, it's always a good time for story time. Working with college students is, is often fun. I feel like my house is uh, full of college students on a regular basis. They play with my dogs. They eat my food. It's a good time. I go to bed and I start it all over again. But I want to tell you about just students and how your Wesley is winning on campus. When students come into college, they're all curious. They're like, what's over there? 
What you got over there? Free food? I'm there. A free t-shirt? God, give me that. A free pen? I don't need it, but I'll take it anyway. They're all curious college students. And they all make their way either to our table or they somehow make it over to the Wesley. Although if you ask a college student where the Wesley is, they'll go, I don't know. And you're like, across from Hannah Fieldhouse. And they're like, what's that? And I was like, you know where the cookout is? Oh, yeah, you've passed us. Oh, glad to know you know where the food is. But they often come in as curious college students. And a few, or many, just depends on your perspective, become regular attendees. They, they start showing up. They say, this is good. I want to be here. They say, I need to be here. And then from there, they have an opportunity to, to just start serving, whether they just start showing up and you're like, oh, hey, glad you're here. Or they start taking out the trash and you're like, thank you, I don't have to do that later. Or they just, you know, start breaking things down and putting things up without you asking. And you're like, thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. But they, they now become this, they, they go from this curious college student to this regular attendee to serving with an opportunity. And then... And then they go a step further and they say, I want to be a part of this. I want to help create this for others. I had the awesome opportunity during the November and April is when I do our, our interviews for students that want to be a part of the ministry team or want to be a part of Flight Path if they're a freshman. And I had the opportunity to meet with a student. And I said, well, why do you want to serve? Why do you want to be here? I said, I remember looking on social media, seeing photos, and I felt like I was there. I remember just sitting in my dorm room hoping that there was a place that I could belong, and I just saw y'all and knew that I could belong. We are here for these college students, and we will continue to be here for these college students. Whether they're the curious college student and they want to grow into that regular attendee, become that student that serves with opportunity, or if they want to go to the, the next step, and become a student leader, that we're there for them because of our love, because of the abiding love, because we show them that the thing you're looking for, the thing you're searching for, is Jesus. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for all the time that you chase after us. Lord, you remind us that you choose us. And Lord Jesus, as you reminded your disciples, as you were getting ready to go to the cross, that you loved them. And Lord, from that, you called us to love you and to love others. Lord, may we be those faithful disciples here and now, today, that we know that we are loved by you and that we can go and love others. Instead of pointing outward of what all the, the things of the world could fill us with, instead we point inward and what you want to fill us with. Lord, may we know your love in a deep and profound way. And all God's children said.